Hello and welcome back to another episode of Conspiratorial Conspiring and today we are doing a podcast about, well, it's really more of a debate about, well maybe even more of a discussion about whether aliens are demons or not and I'm talking to a gentleman by the moniker of Bry the CE5 guy and he has a lot of contact with entities of uh, different places in the universe, whether you'd like to call it universe or different realm or reality or what have you. He claims, and I believe him, um, to have contacted these entities and have friends who have contacted entities and, you know, shared earthly music and other kinds of things with these beings and you know in turn they share knowledge with him and his friends um but i i was coming at it from a perspective of aliens I, it, to, to me they're multi-dimensional and when it comes to multi-dimensional beings with them being ethereal you have no idea what you're really dealing with or grappling with. So it's easy to be deceived for an interdimensional ethereal being to lead you astray, to um, perform a bait and switch on you, feel like it's giving you you know, love and light and information when it's really teaching you a, a darker practice or just just leading you down a path that is essentially just leading you astray. So do I think that's going on with him? I mean, I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, what he says in the podcast, it sounds... You know, it sounds relatively benign, like they're just shooting the shit with these interdimensional beings, I guess, which is, you know, cool, but it's just not my deal. I, I don't want to get involved with that. And, you know, if they're all love and light and they're working for the benefit of humanity and everything, then why, what's, what are they waiting for? I mean... I know a lot of people talk about the battle between good and evil, and maybe that's what's going on here. You know, these the love and light beings are in battle with the dark entities, um, and that's a very real possibility. You know, a lot of people think that there's a battle between good and evil um, being waged right at this very moment, and I would be inclined to to believe that. I mean, definitely with the rollout of the Great Reset and people resisting mask orders and lockdowns and everything like that, 
I mean, there's definitely a battle between good and evil, and there's probably also a spiritual battle between good and evil being waged right now. So, I mean, maybe I answered my own question, but if these beings are so powerful and so knowledgeable and everything like that, I mean, why? what's taking them so long? And again, maybe that answer is because they have dark entities to contend with, but the question remains. So, now, when I say demon, I am, I'm not a Christian, but I was raised Catholic, so that is the vocabulary that I have for, um, expl for explaining dark entities, or uh, spirits, wh whatever you want to call it. I say demon, and I say Luciferian, and I say Satan, and that stuff, because I was brought up with that kind of vocabulary, so that's what I use, because it's readily accessible in my mind. Now, is, you know, is there a singular head honcho motherfucker named Satan? Who knows? Uh, maybe. Um, but... That entity, if it does exist, has had many names throughout all of eternity, right? I mean, throughout all of human history, it's been referred to by different names. Whether it's Baal or Moloch, and then other people say, you know, those are um, higher level demons. Um, but they, they could also be referred to as... Um, the devil. So there's there's Baal, there's Moloch, there's Baphomet, there's you know all these things, and I'm probably not doing myself any favors <laughs> by saying all these names out loud. But I mean, it the the point remains. So that when I say Luciferian or I say demon, it is because of the vocabulary that I was raised with. And it's readily accessible in my mind. Um, like I said, some of these beings could be good, but you never truly know. Even if they seem good, they could be leading you, again, astray into darkness. Um, they may come to you as love and light, but they could actually be leading you down a darker path and into more obscurity. You have more questions you know, they're the guru, you're the peon that has to rely on their word. So, again, it's easy to be deceived. You, If you start messing with these entities, you really don't know what you're doing. And there's some people like um, Satanists or Luciferians who practice these rituals and stuff like that and they think that they can command these interdimensional entities that are ethereal can't be seen they think that they can command them to do their bidding that is absolutely asinine and if you think that you should really 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 reevaluate your stance on that because you could be putting yourself in existential danger you don't know what you're dealing with these are entities that have been around since the dawn 
of eternity, potentially. And if that is the case, <laughs> then why do you think that you can command them to do anything ever? I mean, they, they may do your bidding, but they're going to take from you. You know, a lot of these people that do uh, uh, satanic sacrifices for fortune and fame, you know, it always comes back around, and we know that with Gematria. Gematria and a whole host of coincidences. I am certainly not a coincidence theorist. Things happen for a reason. If you look at all of these celebrities, an important person in their life that is a family member, you know, whether it be uncle, mom, dad, son, daughter, wife. I mean, look at Joe Biden. Is it any coincidence that his son Bo and his wife died when they did in the supposed car accident and now he's the alleged president elect I mean as the the time of this recording December 17th it looks like he's going to wrap it up at this point but I mean there's still pending legal battles for Trump so I guess we'll see and quick side note I I guess um I was listening to this guy, John Brisson. Look him up. Amazing guy, amazing story, and just has so much information packed into his mind. But he has been talking about, along with Recluse, who is the host of The Farm Podcast, um, they've talked about how Trump is surrounding himself with JSOC, which is uh, counterinsurgency and... A bunch of military members which is concerning to say the least and I guess there are whispers um, with the from the people around Trump that this could come down to a last-ditch effort to stay into office uh, through martial law now I'm not saying that's gonna happen I don't think that that's gonna happen but it is curious that he's surrounding himself with JSOC which is uh, military counter counterinsurgency, and the government has purchased millions, hundreds of millions, in fact, um, rounds of two two three Remington ammunition hollow point, and also hollow point nine millimeter, which is obviously putting a logjam in the market and creating these shortages that we're seeing all over the place. Um, but also, why are they stocking up with self-defense ammunition, hollow points, two, two, three, nine millimeter? Um, what are they gearing up for? Very, very interesting. I think I talked about this with uh, Charlie Robinson, but I could be mistaken. Maybe it was a podcast that I was listening to with Charlie Robinson. But that's that's off the beaten path. Something to think about. I just thought about it right now, so I blurted it out. But if you want some more information from what I'm about to explain, because this is some information that I wasn't able to get to in our podcast, it, it got abruptly cut off after an hour. Uh, he lost, or his computer froze and it shut down or something like that. So we actually did another 30 minutes, but I can't find that 30 minutes anywhere on my computer. Um, and I only got like three minutes out of it, so it's not even 
worth putting up there. So I, I just wanted to get this out and put down the information that I had researched and that I wanted to talk to him about. But we went off on a couple different tangents and I never really got around to it. So without further ado, here's this. Now, this comes, my first article here is UFOs and the Bible are aliens demons. Now, a lot of you or some of you may be rolling your eyes, but I mean, there's actually a lot of good research here. They have guys like Hynek and Jacques Vallée, um, direct quotes from people. Now, there's some other information in this article that I don't particularly agree with, um, but nonetheless, still some some good quotes from the Bible and from ufologists and people of that ilk. Um, so, they pose a the question, where are they coming from? So, where are these space brothers coming from, and who exactly are they? Before looking at scripture, where I believe we can discern the answers to our questions, let me quote a few famous ufologists. First up is Dr. J. Allen Hynek, the so-called Galileo of ufology. He is the creator of the Hynek classification system, which classifies UFO, UFO encounters based where, where am I going wrong here? He is the creator <laughs> of the Hynek classification system, which classifies UFO encounters based on close encounter of the first, second, third, etc. kind. Yes, the movie Close Encounters of the Third Kind was named after Hynek's work. He even worked as a technical advisor for the movie and had a small cameo role. After years of researching UFOs, Hynek has come out saying, The conclusion I've come to after all these years is that, first of all, the subject is much more complex than any of us imagine. It has paranormal aspects, but certain, certainly it has very real physical aspects too. He also said, The extraterrestrial theory runs up against a very big difficulty, namely that we are seeing too many UFOs. The Earth is only a spot of dust in the universe. Why should it be honored with so many visits? I am more inclined to think in terms of something metaphysical, a sort of parallel reality. One author wrote about Hynek saying, Hynek sub submitted that perhaps UFOs were part of a parallel reality, slipping in and out of sequence with our own. This is a hyp hypothesis that obviously pained him as an empirical scientist, yet after 30 years of interviewing witnesses and investigating sighting reports, radar contacts, and physical traces of saucer landings, no other hypothesis seemed to make sense to him. And he is not the only person to think like this. Well-known researcher and writer on UFOs, John Keel, notes... The UFOs do not seem to exist as tangible manufactured objects. They do not conform to the laws of our environment. They seem to be nothing more than trans transmogrifications tailoring themselves to our abilities to understand. The thousands of contacts with the entities indicate that they are liars and put-on artists. The UFO manifestations seem to be, by and large, 
merely minor variations of the age-old demonological phenomenon. Officialdom may feel that if we ignore them long enough, they will go away altogether, taking their place with the vampire myths of the Middle Ages. Jacques Vallée is another prominent ufologist. To show how respected he is in the ufology, in the field of ufology, it is believed that the French character Claude Lacombe in Close Encounters of the Third Kind was based on him. He wrote, I pointed out in Invisible College that the structure of abduction stories was identical to that of occult rituals. I had shown in Passport to Magonia that contacts with euphonauts was only a modern extension of contact with non-human consciousness in the form of angels, demons, elves, and sylphs. Such contact includes abduction, ordeal, including surgical operations, and sexual intercourse with the aliens. It often leaves marks and scars on the body and the mind, as do UFO abductions. Lastly, there is John Mack, another well-known ufologist. He says, It's both literally, physically happening to a degree, and it's also some kind of psychological, spiritual experience occurring and originating, perhaps in another dimension. Going forward here, they do some uh, biblical sayings, or... uh, quotes from the bible and stuff like that talking about you know they come as angels of light blah 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 blah. i don't want to get into that um so they they share some similarities which i'm going to go over into further depth from a, a different website but they do similarities between demons and ufos and there's um for a For a demonic encounter, there's abduction. And for a UFO encounter, there's abduction. And for periods of unconsciousness, that's demonic and UFO. Appearing in the form of humans, demonic and UFO. Communicating mentally, demonic and UFO experience. Levitation, demonic and UFO. Going into trances, demonic and UFO. Endowing with special powers, demonic and UFO. Becoming a channel or mouthpiece for the entity, physical suffering, raping, sexual sexuality, molest, molestation, accompanied by the smell of sulfur appearing at night in their bedroom, all demonic encounters and UFO encounters described by people on both sides of those encounters. So we go back to Keel, who has written... Demonology is not just another crackpot-ology. It is the ancient and scholarly study of the monsters and demons who have seemingly coexisted with man throughout history. Thousands of books have been written on the subject, many of them offered by educated clergymen, scientists, and scholars. And uncounted numbers of well-documented demonic events are readily available to every researcher. The manifestations and occurrences described in this imposing literature are similar, if not entirely identical, to the UFO phenomenon itself. Victims of demonomania, which I guess equals possession, suffer from the very same medical and 
medical and emotional symptoms as the UFO contactees. The devil and his demons can, according to the literature, manifest themselves in almost any form and can physically imitate anything from angels to horrifying monsters with glowing eyes. Strange objects and entities materialize and dematerialize in these stories. Just as the UFOs and their splendid occupants appear and disappear, walk through walls, and perform other supernatural feats. Sounds a lot sounds very similar to me i'll let you guys decide for yourselves moving forward to let's see what's the name of this news from the perimeter um there's an article called are aliens really demons and this is by chazanon so i don't know who that is I mean obviously he's anonymous but this is a very good article there are many commonalities between what we call an alien life form and a demonic entity an occultist like Aleister Crowley wrote the connection explaining that intelligence which is brought into physical manifestation via a portal that was created during a sex magic ritual called Alamantra working in 1918 the entity that was summoned called itself Lam or lamb and Crowley considered it to be an interdimensional being and it strongly resembled the great aliens of modern UFO research Trevor James a veteran UFO researcher a working knowledge of occult science is indispensable to UFO investigation now why might that be and then it shows a picture of it's a portrait of lamb in Crowley's Dead Souls exhibition held in Greenwich Village, New York in 1919. And it very much resembles the alien that you think of today, except it doesn't have the black eyes. It looks more of, more of a human face with just a giant uh, upper part of the head. And... Uh, it says the way lamb is the tibetan word for way or path and lama or lama it's probably lama or lam and lama <laughs> but and lama is he who goeth the specific title of the gods of egypt the treader of the path in Buddhi buddhistic phraseology its numerical value is 71 the number of this book now 71 all right some of you may know that i'm deep into gematria let's see the significance of 71 so the bible in revelations 17 18 that passage suggests that the woman riding the beast represents a great city here we go, Revelation 17, 18 in the King James Version. And the woman which thou sawest is that is that great city, which reigneth over the kings of earth. The great city is Babylon, and the Roman Empire considered itself the new Babylon. This is all by the 1771 code. Babylon equals 71. In the location of ancient Babylon sits modern-day Iraq. 
Iraq equals 71. Whore of Babylon equals 71. Vatican City sums to 71. The Vatican, the Vatican and the institutions that it oversees have been linked to multiple shameless acts of pedophilia and sodomy by its hierarchy. Sodomy equals 71. A Catholic secret society that displays the faces symbol of the Roman Empire is the Knights of Columbus. Knights of Columbus equals 71. The most sinister sect of the Catholic Church and the Vatican is the Jesuit Order, aka the Society of Jesus, which sums to 71 in two ciphers, one of which is Chaldean, which is interesting because Chaldea was part of Babylon. In fact, Nebuchadnezzar II, who destroyed the first temple of Solomon in Jerusalem, was from Chaldea. The Society of Jesus equals 71, again, in two ciphers. Of course, Catholic sums to 71. Babylon was symbolized by the dove. Dove equals 17, the mirror of 71. Babylon was corrupted by a power that rules today. Again, we go back to the aliens and demons. Aleister Crowley, through a sex magic ritual, summoned this being, Lam, which has a numerical value of 71, according to Aleister Crowley, a practicing uh, black magician. Now, I say black because there's white and black magic white obviously being used for good and black obviously being used for bad so he is a black magician going on with the article many occult disciples believe the portal crowley open might have been widened by jack parsons of jet propulsion laboratory fame who was also an occult practitioner he performed a ritual called the babylon working in which an elemental goddess named babylon the scarlet woman of the book of revelation was summoned it is claimed that crowley disliked the idiocy of the particular ritual but parsons and his partner l ron hubbard scientology's founder continued regardless although it's not completely clear what exactly happened during this 11-day ritual it is claimed that a portal was opened to another dimension by parsons and hubbard and they were unable to close it leaving the ritual unfinished in 1947, the year after Parsons claims to have successfully invoked this entity, the age of UFOs began. The Bible talks about demons and angels who have come down from the skies and interacted with mankind. Demonology is an ancient and scholarly study throughout history with thousands of books written on the subject by clergymen, scientists, and scholars. Again, <laughs> it sounds like this guy... Uh, <laughs> Uh, ripped off what Kiel was saying earlier, huh? Uh, the manifestations are very similar to UFO phenomenon. Victims suffer the same emotional symptoms as those contacted by aliens. Many abductees admit to delving into the occult as well as esoteric religions, and many claim to have other abilities such as astral travel and psychic, psychic powers. Lynn E. Coteau is the senior bibliographer for a government publication researched by the Library of Congress for the U.S. 
Air Force Office of Scientific Research, UFOs, and Related Subjects. She is quoted saying, A large part of the available UFO literature is closely linked with mysticism and metaphysical. It deals with subjects like mental telepathy, autonomic writing, and invisible entities, as well as phenomena like poltergeist, ghost, manifestations, and possession. Many of the UFO reports now being published in the popular press recount alleged incidents that are strikingly similar to demonic possession and psychic phenomena. So if these experiences are real, how do we really differentiate from being from a being that comes from outer space and a being that comes from another dimension? Both alien beings and demonic entities have many similar features, often being described as reptilian or insect-like. Dr. Jacques Vallée, again, we are dealing with a yet unrecognized level of consciousness, independent of man but closely linked to the earth. I do not believe anymore that UFOs are simply the spacecraft of some race of extraterrestrial visitors. This notion is too simplistic to explain their appearance, the frequency of their manifestations through recorded history, and the structure of the information exchanged with them during contact. An impressive parallel can be made between UFO occupants and the popular conceptions of demons. While UFOs can project images or fabricated scenes designed to change our belief systems, and human belief is often is being controlled and conditioned. Man's concepts are being rearranged and we may be headed toward a massive change of human attitudes toward paranormal abilities and extraterrestrial life. The medical examination to which abductees are said to be subjected, often accompanied by sadistic sexual manipulation, is reminiscent of the medieval tales of encounters with demons. It makes no sense in a sophisticated or technical or biological framework any intelligent being equipped with the scientific marvels that UFOs possess would be in the position to achieve any of these alleged scientific objectives in a shorter time and with fewer risks. The symbolic display seen by the abductees is identical to the type of initiation rituals or astral voyage that is embedded in the occult traditions of every culture. Thus, the structure of abduction stories is identical to that of occult initiation rituals. Boom! I mean, if that isn't fucking a nail in the coffin, I don't know what is. And then here on danielrjennings.org, Similarities between UFO encounters and demonic encounters. He's got a list here. I'll run through them. First off, abduction. Demonic encounter. For there is a man who was once a scholar and is now believed to be a priest in the Diocese of Freising who who used to say that at, at one time he had been bodily carried through the air by a devil and taken to the most remote parts. Now this is from the Hammer of Witches book, and now 
Also for abduction for alien encounter, 24-year-old Jose Antonio de Silva, an enlisted soldier, was fishing on a lagoon when suddenly he heard voice, voices, became aware of figures moving behind him, and felt a burst of light strike his leg. He dropped his fishing rod and fell to his knees. Two beans, about four feet tall, wearing aluminum-like suits and what appeared to be helmets seized him and dragged him into the object sitting on a dirt road. The object was shaped like an upright cylinder and had black platforms at each end. The soldier was taken inside where the beans put one of their helmets on him. De Silva felt the craft rise. The beans talked anonymity, or I don't even know if I know that word. The beans talked anit animatedly anatably I don't know <laughs> that's a hell of a word a-n-i-m-a-t-e-d-l-y anatedly among themselves in a language he did not recognize after a long period of travel he felt a jarring that suggested their craft had landed the soldier was then blindfolded and led to a large room where they removed the wrap from his eyes. And this is from the the abduction of Jose Antonio de Silva. So here it's just showing um, documented demonic and alien encounters with abduction. And also we have periods of unconsciousness. First demonic, before many days had passed, a messenger came to me from the Chain family informing me that their troubles had increased and begging me to come to their help. They they told me that two women in the family had been possessed by demons for several days and were still in a state of unconsciousness. Moving to the alien encounter. After a short period of time, he was shocked to see three beings approaching the tree. Two of them seemed to be a humanoid type of being while the third was more robot like shock became utter panic as the three began to shake the tree in an attempt to dislodge him he vividly recalls white vapor being shot from the robot's mouth which rendered him unconscious so we again we have periods of unconsciousness from these demonic and alien counters so Moving on to appearing in the form of humans, first demonic. At last, when the dragon could not even thus overthrow Antony, but saw himself thrust out of his heart, gnashing his teeth as it is written, and as it were beside himself, he appeared to Antony like a black boy, taking a visible shape. This was the life of Saint Antony. Moving to alien encounters, Corey told Chalker that his encounter on July 23rd, 1992 began at 7.30 in the morning while he was in bed. He had been recently injured at work and was taking pain medication. Earlier that morning, he had driven his wife to work, then returned home and went back to bed for a short while. Suddenly, he bolted wide awake and sat up. There were two humanoid females sitting on the bed, both entirely naked. So again, we have an entity appearing to this Antony, St. Antony, as a black boy. And then we have two humanoid females 
appearing to this guy during an alien encounter. So we have appearing in the form of humans. Now I could keep reading stories, but I'll just say communicating mentally is both demonic and alien. Levitation, demonic and alien. Going into trances, demonic and alien. Endowing with special powers, demonic and alien. Becoming a channel or mouthpiece for the entity, demonic and alien. Physical suffering, raping, sexual molesting, accompanied by the smell of sulfur, appearing at night in their bedroom, and it goes on and on. And there's stories to accommodate both for each side. So I recommend checking out those websites for any further information. Check out the documentary Age of Deceit and do not be fooled. You don't know what you're messing with when you're contacting these entities when you're asking them to come forward when you're trying to bend them to your will if that's your desire that's not going to be the case it may feel like that when you perform a ritual and the act that you desire is carried out something will be taken and maybe your life so don't don't go around trying to do that bullshit it's only going to bring It's going to bring potentially some pain and suffering. And like I said, there could be light beings. There probably are. I mean, obviously, if there's if there's dark, there's light. Um, but you don't. You'll never be able to tell which is which. And even if you develop a relationship with a light being, and you think everything's groovy, you never know. I mean, a lot of people thought that Donald Trump was going to save the world. <laughs> Look at that shit now. <laughs> You didn't save shit. All the QAnon people have the, have egg all over their face, and I'm just waiting for them to admit it. But who knows if that will ever happen. So the point being is I would not do it. I'm not going to go channel entities, perform rituals for entities to come forward or carry out my will. That's not my deal. I'm not going to involve myself with that kind of situation because I'm dealing with forces that have power that I can't even imagine or capabilities that I couldn't even fathom. So that's not me. That's not my steez. <laughs> and I don't think it should be anyone else's either. And you know you know who has the same opinion? Chris Knowles. And this this guy is deep has is so embedded in this information studying this stuff for like over well over a decade and you'd be hard pressed to find more to find someone who knows more about occult related topics than chris knowles and he says don't mess with it you don't know what you're doing you're dealing with things beyond your control that you have no idea what they can do so that's my opinion and obviously, Bry the CE5 guy has his opinion, and I respectfully disagree. But I did really enjoy having him on the podcast, and hopefully we can do it again in the future. But I've kind of lagged ass getting this podcast out, so I hope he's not um, upset with me. But um, there it is. So without further ado, enjoy the podcast with Bry the CE5 guy. And the discussion whether aliens are demons. Shit down that I have leaving shit up. I'm at my co-host's house. He's asleep. He's taking a break. 
Gotcha. It's his idea to start it. Okay, yeah. I, I was... I'm like, fuck, I should listen to some episodes if he has a podcast, but you never mentioned if you had a podcast or anything, so I didn't know. Yeah, I, I do. We've got, uh, we've got like five episodes. We had a lot more. I just didn't think it was up to uh, production standards. Okay. Or I had editing issues and just said, fuck it. Yeah, I mean, my shit's not great. Um, like, I just, I just really... I just really want to have these discussions more so than anything else. I mean, I've gotten to talk to some of my favorite people. Like, I had Brad Monica on. I talked to Max Egan. I fucking talked to Charlie Robinson and Ricky Verandis. And, like, all these people, like, I've been listening to their podcast for years. And now that I have a podcast, I have an excuse to talk to these people. I mean, in, in what other setting can I invite these people on my pod or invite these people to talk to me for like two and a half hours like I did with Charlie Robinson. You know, I don't know in what other way they would be willing to do that other than, oh, come on my podcast, you know? Uh, You could try tea and crumpets. Yeah. (laughs) But then I got to fly to Denver and then I got to go to Maine for Ricky and then it's, I mean. All right, so you know we're not recording right now, right? Um, I'm recording on my end. Um, oh, you are? The audio. The audio, at least. Oh, okay. Yeah. But, yeah. Okay. So you're in charge of the recording, because it says uh, you have to give me permission to record, so... Okay. I guess just send that over. I just I just hit recording. Oh, I see it now. Okay. Yep. Great. Glad I brushed my teeth this morning. <laughs> so I, I was watching that documentary yes sir now they mentioned this book a lot we're big fans of this law of one mm, yes okay and it gets me so fired up because it's not very verifiable it's extremely subjective and i try to avoid stuff like that um because it just breeds dogma i feel like which is not good but yes but that book people will tell you i actually got monica a copy of this book i don't think she'll ever read it because it's too out there, but people say it resonates with them. Well, I think I think how we should how we should preface this conversation is that for anyone that's listening, this is not a debate on whether aliens exist or do not exist. We're coming from a standpoint that it's established fact that aliens exist and there's a million and one evidences if if anybody wants to go out and look and do their own research a hundred percent you can but we're coming from a standpoint that there are interdimensional beings extraterrestrial beings a hundred percent we're not debating that topic what we're debating is the intent of these beings um and whether aliens are demons, or if they're dark entities, or if there are a mix of dark and light entities within these interdimensional races, if you will. So that's what we're coming at this conversation from the standpoint, or at least that's how I understood um, this conversation to be. Am I correct in that thinking? Uh, sure. And I, I want to preface my own part just by saying that this is, this is all fun. This is a light discussion for me. Um, I don't 
care what anybody believes. So it was a little shocking to find out, like, you may know this about me. I didn't know that I was a Luciferian. But according to that documentary, mm. I'm a Luciferian. Wow. And it gets messy, too, because i got some friends. They're, like, really nice people, very spiritual, humble people. And they have been telling me, oh, you know what? Luciferian, Lucifer just means light bringer. So Lucifer is a good thing. I'm like, ah, it just makes my head spin. Mm. What I do care about more than beliefs, though, is actions. And so that's kind of what I've used to judge the ET thing. And when I found out that there's a hypothesis, anybody can do to contact ET, and then I went out in my backyard and they showed up interdimensionally with that ball of light, which we can get into what people think that is mm-hmm. later. But it wasn't human. And they showed up, you know, they may have traveled galaxies, light years, just to say hello to little old me. So I was mad as hell. Because in my mind, I thought, well, so our government's been keeping this a secret from the people. Our military's been shooting them out of the sky for decades. And they're nice enough to show up and just say, hey, who the fuck are they? So for a while, I was just an angry little alien guy. Mm, so... There's there's some things, some launch off points that I that I could go off on a tangent from there. But what what I am interested in with most of my guests is their waking up story, uh, how they got into this this world of conspiracies and paranormal, extraterrestrial stuff like that. Because what I find, you know, when you first get into this is you want to tell everybody and you think that everybody's going to be open to it because it's like, Oh my God, how could you not want to know about this shit? It's so fascinating. It's so mind bending. You just think everybody will accept it. And what you quickly learn is, Oh my God, you get so much pushback and no one wants to hear it. You're a pariah to your friends and family. And it's just like, Holy shit, man. I thought, I thought everybody would want to know that, there was a controlled demolition of the 9-11 t- Twin Towers and all the occ- occultism behind it and everything like that. So I was just really interested in in your uh, jumping off point. Okay, so it's a process and everybody, pretty much everybody you talk to in the CE5 community has an awakening experience. Um, I think the one you're talking about is a little bit more of the, the red pill experience people have. Mm-hmm. So... You know, we're both Propaganda Report fans. I used to think, I'd hear Monica on the radio on Saturdays, and I thought, who is this nutty lady? She just she just wants to be the next Rush Limbaugh. She, she's a nutter. Mm. And then she's filling in for Mark Levin on a Monday night after the bridge collapse and Vigilant Guard and all the crazy stuff that happened down in Georgia a few years ago. And she starts playing clips of Governor Nathan Deal saying, like the Monday before Vigilant Guard happened, that there's going to be a military operation, there's going to be structural collapse, there's going to be all this stuff, and it was like a checkpoint. Now, he told us this is open source information right here. That's what she's an expert in. So when this lady is putting proof on the news, and I'm driving Uber at the time in a city of almost 6 million people, and nobody has a GD clue that actually, hey, this homeless guy didn't blow the bridge up by trying to smoke some crack. Like, it was a very well-controlled, planned operation. Mm. So that was was my my red pill. And I kind of realized after that that I thought I was a critical thinker, and I really wasn't since what I've been working on over the last few years. You really find that out with the UFO community because so much of the information out there is 
disinformation and misinformation. They call it uh, DDT, distract, decoy, trash from anything that is legitimate. Mm-hmm. But there's this unifying awakening experience that the C5 people tend to have. And the one thing that they all, all the stories have in common is they don't make any damn sense. So when I'm trying to explain it to somebody who's, you know, nuts and bolts thinker, but one of the trends that I've, I think I've identified is basically we'll have an experience where we realize that the universe is, is conscious and is reacting to our thoughts and, and things that we think of as our own individual thoughts may actually be like a wave on the ocean. You know, the yogi masters, they talk about, do you see yourself as the wave or the ocean? Because in reality, we're all from the same light of God. Um, but for me, basically, it had to do with sunglasses, man. I was walking down the road and I was kind of in this like atheist Christian mindset. I wasn't sure which way I was going with religion and everything. And so I knew I needed some sunglasses and I wanted to pray for the sunglasses. The problem is, even if I was atheist, that little Christian part of me said, well, that wouldn't be very humble, mister. So I didn't pray for the sunglasses, but sure enough, they just appeared right in front of me on the side of the road, unscratched. So this happened a total of four times. I would lose the sunglasses immediately afterwards. I would think, I'm not going to pray because that wouldn't be humble just in case there is a God. And then, boom, sunglasses would appear. Finally, I threw up my, hand, my hands and said, all right, God, you're freaking me out. Enough. And it never happened again. So that's going on. I'm just getting introduced to the idea that there may be ET out there. I don't realize that these two things are interrelated and are going to change my life. But what I do experience is one day I wake up and I've got this image of this guy in my head. I don't know, maybe I had a dream and I didn't remember the dream, but there he was. And it was accompanied with this really compelling uh, need to have a conversation with him. Now, I didn't know who he was. I had never seen him, didn't know his name, nothing. On flip through TV one night a few weeks later, and boom, there he was, Ancient Aliens, Dr. Stephen Beer. So I look him up. He's got a four-hour video on YouTube. You might like it if you got the time. Called Expose on the Deep National Security State. And at the very end, he just casually mentions, oh, by the way, if you try to contact ET using these protocols, then nine out of ten times, if you're doing it for the right reasons, they'll show up. So I went outside. And to your point, judging the intentions or judging the actions where I said, who am I supposed to follow? You know, who am I supposed to look up to the military and the leaders of our society, which have lied to us up and down since history mm-hmm. or these beings that have mastered space travel. And even though we've been killing them, uh, they turn the other cheek and don't reality retaliate. Interesting. So, um, I don't know your feelings on what we live on or where we live. I hear space travel, and I just had a Crow 777 on. And so I hear space travel and light years and all of this stuff. And, you know, his line of thinking is that it's all poppycock. Like, his, he's been watching the moon and the other planets for years, decades, and after all of his research and thousands and thousands and thousands of hours of watching all of that, that um, space is not exactly what we think it is, and he describes the 
separation between the earth and space as a hard, fast barrier. And he used to describe the moon as a hologram. He later uh, regretted saying that. He just didn't have the verbology to describe it at the time. So all that to say is he says that nothing can come in or out of the atmosphere. And I'm not saying his word is gospel or anything, but we are dealing with someone who has spent thousands and thousands of hours watching the night sky um, for decades um, so I, I'm willing to lend him a lot of credence and stuff like that. And there's a bunch of uh, biblical, biblical texts and stuff that describe it as a firmament. Not saying it's a flat earth, not saying it's this or that. But there is a lot of evidence pointing to nothing comes in, nothing comes out. So where I come at it from is that these beings are interdimensional and they can manifest themselves as physical. I, I don't know about... Um, you know, them coming from Zeta Reticuli or something like that. Uh, all the way. Is from there. Hey, Lisa. <laughs> well, so explain. Okay, so first of all, I've got a lot of respect for Max Egan, and uh, he's a free thinker, and I just love free thought. I think it's it's the lifeblood of, of physical freedom. Okay, and the interesting thing about what you're saying about the Earth, and I agree, like we don't know. What multiple friends of mine, people I know who channel and know other channels, have come back to me. They didn't like conspire beforehand to do this, but they both come to me and said, every time we ask what shape the earth is, the message they get back is it's whatever you want it to be. Mm. Yeah. That's what so Phoenix. No clue, man. That's what Phoenix Aurelius says. You know, if. Or I mean, even Sam Tripoli says some shit like this. If there's if there's enough of a consciousness behind a particular idea, then it almost manifests itself as reality. So by that logic, what would it take? You know, if we live in a conscious holographic world where our thoughts affect reality, how many people would it take meditating on a mountain to literally move that mountain an inch? Well, there was, I know the Grimerica guys are big into it. Um, they had someone on where it was like International Meditation Day. And you, they were literally measuring the vibrational frequency of the earth. And during this uh, International Meditation Day, it had actually run up a few octaves, a few frequency levels than normal during this International Meditation Day. So to your point... I mean, if, if we all collectively put our minds in a space where we want to affect change, we really could. That's, I feel like, no, I'm not a Bible expert by any means, okay? I pretty much quit when um, I went to the Southern Baptist Church as a kid, and every fall they would put fake blood all over the trees, and they'd take us in the woods, and there was a guy with a beard who was sitting at this huge white table and you get sentenced to either heaven or hell so i got Jesus so Christ. much trouble for laughing at my mom <laughs> when she got sent to hell uh, that that really kind of ruined christianity for me for a while but yeah I, there's that this whole debate about whether jesus was a deity or he was just a flesh and blood man uh-huh or if he's both and i i want to believe that his message was that we all are creators we're all 
can come from the same God he comes from. And anything that he did is possible for us through a Christ consciousness. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the message I've gotten from all the ET stuff and the interdimensionals. The, sorry to jump thoughts here, but the so the leading sort of model for contact with the non-human intelligences is you have your physical, you have your interdimensional, they leave room for the shamanic state with the mushrooms, and it's sort of like there's, there's near-death experiences, there's out-of-body experiences, you've got your astral realms, your causal realms, your angelic realms, I mean, the whole thing is like a, a carousel, and where I fall on that carousel with CE5 is just one modality, and it often does overlap with you know, things that you and I would call spirits. So, like, there's the Zeta Reticuli people who will come here in a physical craft, but they go, it's it's a trans-dimensional craft, right? Because they're not speeding up past the speed of light. They're just folding into other dimensions. So they're interdimensional and they're extraterrestrial. Then there's beings that are not extraterrestrial, but they are interdimensional. Like, if you were to try DMT, those beings that you'd be interacting with there, those would be interdimensional. Okay. So, <laughs> so these, what would you call it? Is it is it a ritual when you go back in, in into your backyard and you channel these entities, or what is the what is the uh, sequence of events you have to do to manifest these entities? You know who'd be a really good person to ask is the Grimerica guys because they do CE5 with Celia Hatch and I have her guide, her her handbook. There's there's a bunch of these out there and there's no one right way to do it. So when we have new people who saw the documentary, the Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind, you know, it's when Miley Cyrus and Demi Lovato came out and started pumping the CE5 this year. So we've had an influx of new people who have no actual experience doing it and those people want to do the nuts and bolts Stephen Greer method. They think that's the only way to do it where you close your eyes and you basically use consciousness as a cosmic Google maps to show the ET where you're coming from. And then this is where it gets even more out there. You, you mix like positive intention and, and, and love for all beings. This, we call it the assumption of non-hostility. So you mix the two. And it, in theory, it shows them where you are in the in the universe, and then they'll come. That's the complicated way. There's a lot of guided meditations. It puts me to sleep. The easy way is to go out there, just look at the sky, and just really well up, as one guy put it, you well up uh, the intention of uniting with, with people. It's, I tell people it's like uniting with a long-lost family member, except, though, by the way, this family member's an E.T., so, you physically have conversations, or it, just it, explain to me what's going on here. The so the intensity that the team I go out with is at is some of us are now having physical contact, like shaking hands. Um, we got a picture. I've got a picture on on my website of Donna. She's one of the thought leaders in this, and she's getting poked in the nose by an ET as a one or two blue craft flyover and we didn't see them with our eyes this is where this happens all the time intuitive photography we have more evidence of the non-human intelligence encounters through intuitive photography 
where someone just something tells them take a photo and then boom then we do actually setting up a camera and saying hey aliens can you move over a little bit right there perfect you know okay so i mean that's that's very interesting um what what i when i was hearing what i was picking out was you said Miley Cyrus uh, is coming out and you know supporting this movement? We know you know through other methods of investigation, Miley Cyrus likely candidate for uh, you know mind control and stuff like that. So it, it could be a potential propaganda pusher, and then there are questions about dr stephen greer's reputation and where he gets his information and then you also have uh tom delon who is a 33rd degree freemason and he's pushing yeah he's and he's pushing uh the whole alien deal and um now you you did preface earlier when you said there are people who come out and use disinformation there are steering committees and I, I, i'm trying to get jay dyer on my show so we could talk about that because in one of his recent interviews he was talking about steering committees and how people steer the message and you saw this with epstein as soon as epstein's island came out it was it was a scandal it was ooh uh billionaire uh hedge fund manager brings young women to island. it wasn't young women it was little girls and so you could go down that whole rabbit hole but these steering committees and these propaganda artists come out and they steer it and everything so when i hear miley cyrus and there's questions about dr stephen greer and then obviously tom delon is part of the steering committee where does all of that fall into the your community's um uh, ideology okay so again i try to avoid ideology yeah um just a big thing with me being libertarian i don't like to do it um i can't stop other people from doing it i can't stop other people from idolizing or gossiping about others. i just like miley songs okay <laughs> and if i don't care if it's propaganda if it's good propaganda okay that's that's another thing about me hmm. uh, it's yeah, I don't get into the whole good bad thing. Either it's it's helpful or it's detrimental. Because we do, we live in a world of propaganda. The best we can do is try to understand it and see it for what it is, and maybe occasionally create a little bit of our own. I mean, shoot, is that kind of what you're doing? Because are you not driven by this desire to, to red pill people and, and give back whatever you've gained from conversations with these people, like Charlie Robinson, Max Egan? Um, I can see where you're coming from with that. I'm more so interested in the liberation of humanity. So I'm an anarchist capitalist. I don't believe in government structure or anything like that, kind of like Monica. Um, so I'm more so for the liberation of humanity. And so that's why I do, or that's why I like discussing these topics and investigating these topics. But when I see someone like Miley Cyrus, you know, push certain agendas and these celebrities come out, like a perfect example, the whole vaccine movement back in like the fifties, no Americans were taking the polio vaccine. They weren't interested. 
So then what they did was they had they brought in Elvis, gave Elvis the polio vaccine on live TV, then scores of Americans, millions and millions, got the polio vaccine within the coming weeks. So that's what happens when you take these celebrities and you give them a certain message and they push it. And so what I'm getting at is maybe they're using Miley and other celebrities to push this certain message. And when when I think about this, they are potentially putting Operation um, Bluebeam into effect where they get us all into the alien idea and then when these aliens show up we kind of like oh my god like what does this what does this mean about spirituality and god like these are the real gods and then we get to worshiping these entities who could potentially be dark entities well okay yes and that may be one of the reasons why they haven't landed on the white house lawn because this you know this isn't my idea this is Stephen Greer explains it. But what would happen if they landed on the White House lawn? A, people would worship them, or people would demonize them. And it could turn us into a cargo cult. So, I mean, I agree with you. It's, I just asked the question, okay, at what point am I more concerned with the source of the information or the propaganda spin than the actual information? And so there's this whole thing in the... UFO, love and light community, whatever you want to call it. I'm a bad representative of the whole love and light crowd, by the way. So, <laughs> you know, I speak for myself only here. Gotcha. But they they really have clung to this thing called the Maharishi effect. And actually, Saul Alinsky talks about it in Rules for Radicals. And what they believe is that once we hit 1% critical mass of people meditating and making contact, then that's going to cause a shift, an awakening. Um, in quantum physics, I think it, that's the way it works with uh, molecules. You get 1% of molecules aligned and the other 99% will align. So people really believe that there's going to be, and if they, if they believe what they say, then you can take it a step further and you can say, well, okay, so these humans that maybe were traditionally in an adversarial role will have a mind shift. And so the guys that, if we want to just look at things as good or bad, the bad guys will eventually become our allies if we're successful in this new, really shift towards Christ consciousness. Mm. So, how when when you're contacting these entities, how do you know if they're truly good or bad to just to put it in layman's terms good or bad um so you know in the documentary age of deceit you know they paint this picture of this guy who wrote the book that you're that we started off the conversation with and he was manifesting the entity ra and and they were talking about ra being this ancient egyptian uh entity that is malevolent and this guy thought that Ra was actually a good entity and was giving him knowledge and stuff like that so yeah there's a lot of controversy surrounding that and so I got into channeling this year Um, I've been in this space for four years now 
and uh, it you know there there's a lot of controversy for a reason, and I don't know what is the most correct, but I can tell you for our purposes of making contact with these um, other civilizations, we do adhere to the assumption of non-hostility. So humans are proof that there's some malevolent ET out there, right? All I got to do is look in a mirror and I've found them. And so there's the assumption of non-hostility. Okay. And then there is, uh, if there is a point of discontention between humanity and another race, then rather than solve it down the barrel of a military weapon that could destroy planets, that's something you and I have probably never even heard of yet, uh, we believe in diplomacy. Okay. So the more malevolence, the greater the need for this type of interaction. And the military's not going to do it for us. They talk with their guns, you know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. So it's up to the people. This is it's like, they say, when's disclosure going to happen? Disclosure looks like you, a couple of your buddies, going out under the night sky and just saying, hey, well, disclosure is happening right now. I mean, the the Pentagon is coming out and saying, "Yeah, you know, we were chasing, uh, we were chasing crafts not of this world." I mean, they literally said that in black and white, and there, there's no mincing words. And then you have these guys going on uh, Joe Rogan and saying, uh, you know, Bob Lazar and and that one guy who was chasing UFOs in the sky, and he was saying that they could shift. Uh, they could be heading 100 miles an hour one way and then fucking back right the other way without even having to turn or anything like that. Yeah. So, I mean, as as far as disclosure, I mean, it, it's happening right now. They're prepping us for this alien, uh, whatever is going to happen with the aliens. They're, they're prepping us for it right now. And that that's like the final stage. I, I was having this conversation with Max Egan the other day, and we were talking about how uh, in the 50s, it was the it was Russians and communism, the Cold War, and then it was in the 80s. It started with the terrorism, and then and then it was school shooters, and even even before that, it was uh, serial killers. And all the serial killers are supposedly gone now. And then it was school shooters, and the school shooters stopped because of coronavirus. Because who wants to catch coronavirus while you're committing a mass shooting, right? So the next ideation is potentially going to be uh, Project Bluebeam where the aliens come and that's that's the ultimate uh, method of control or, or supposedly I, I think Warner Von Braun actually talked about this he's like it's going to be terrorists and then it's going to be uh, school shooters or what, whatever and then the final ideation is going to be aliens and you know the interesting thing I'm glad you mentioned Von Braun is because if you, if anybody in the audience wants to go on YouTube and look up Von Braun's legacy, that's uh, Carol Rosen, his assistant. Supposedly, allegedly, she claims to be the person that he confided in and said all those things. We're going to have uh, basically created enemies that we're just going to, you know, like Saddam Hussein. I forget the word for it. And yeah, it all leads up to the fake asteroid, fake alien invasion thing. And so there's a lot of spin that goes on with that, but what people don't realize is that Carol Rosen is a huge supporter of the CE5 community. And I got another friend. This one's from Arcturus. I kid you not, man. I can't make this stuff up. And he is like buddy buddies with her, and she's just a she's a nice lady. I don't think she's plotting to take over the world. 
because I've told you my Klaus Schwab thing, right? I know you've read some Klaus Schwab. Yeah. You're really well read. You read all the books that would bore the crap out of me. <laughs> <laughs> and we look at these guys like the Klaus Schwab is the evil villain of the world. Well, what keeps that guy up at night? Who do we know is smarter than every single Klaus Schwab in the world? The aliens. The aliens are smarter. The enemy of my enemy is my friend, right? Well... Also, in the Age of Deceit documentary, he brings up about how... And, like, I'm not Christian. I, I don't subscribe to any um, uh, religion. I am spiritual, however, uh, and I'm still waking up to what that spiritual spirituality means for me because um, I, I, I was Catholic. And so when I describe these things as demons... That's just the verbology that I'm coming from, from, you know, 18, 19 years of being a Catholic. So, um, dark entities, you know, Lucifer, Kronos, whatever you want to call it. Um, I just use Lucifer and demon because that's a verbology that I have. But in the Age of Deceit documentary, you know, it says that the fallen angels came down and they taught the people about astrology. They taught people about, um... Uh, geometry and uh, all of these occultic things and then you look at the Freemasons they're all about geometry and then uh, obviously astrology is a huge occult uh, concept so all of these things were gifted to humans by these entities that they thought were you know potentially love and light but they were given to them uh, you know for dark purposes for ritualistic sacrificial potentially purposes how do we how do we know that because i've never been able to get much clarity from the bible on what really is a fallen angel what's a nephilim i've seen some of those photos of giant bones that oh yeah be in the new york times but i don't some people say that's what a nephilim was that doesn't look like a being that was super intelligent and traveled planets on its own and got here well and, and allegedly it's it is fallen angels copulating with human beings, which made the aliens, allegedly, you know, that, that's what uh, uh, Christian uh, scholars, I think, would, would tell you. Um, fallen angels copulating with human beings, and it made an abomination of God's creation. So that's why he made the flood to rid the earth of the abomination. Is is what they would is what they would say. Yeah, I don't know. See, because the, there's all these stories, right, and myths, and there's usually at least a kernel of truth to everything. The flood is a weird one because that's there's so much evidence that there was a big flood. Yep. What the fuck was that all about? But it's hard for me to imagine the world being different than it is today. So, for example, there's the Anunnaki story, and some people say the Anunnaki story goes with. Um, some ET made us to be slaves to mine gold. So for a long time, I just outright didn't didn't believe that. And then, you know, I, I told you that I've been working on the critical thinking and not rushing to judgment. Yep. And so maybe, like, it was a wild, wild west part of the galaxy out here. And maybe things have changed. Or maybe there really is some sort of soul force-filled thing that keeps us trapped here and this is a prison planet. Like, I don't fucking know, man. I just know... If I do this thing, then the ETs show up, and we have a lot of fun, and 
they're like cosmic hippies because they bring this, and they're so libertarian. They never tell me what I have to believe. They never interfere, and if I start screaming Jesus Christ, they do go away. That is 100% true. (laughs) Their message is always love and light. And uh, So the Dr. Edgar Mitchell Free Foundation, Edgar passed away. They renamed it, I think, Consciousness and Contact. Uh, All of their data used to be available for free online, and I guess they figured that out, and now you have to buy their book. But they have the most extensive research study and current on contact with non-human intelligences. And a couple things stand out. Out of about 4,000 people in this study, 52% reported being medically healed. 89% reported the contact is positive and life-changing and they want it to continue. And there's a 6% population density in every country of people experiencing contact. Which to me, that says that there is a higher plan going on of a higher intelligence, and Earth is the chessboard. So you said eighty nine percent of people who had ET experiences wanted that wanted it to happen again. Well, they're not necessarily ET; they're non human intelligent beings. Okay. So, but yes, according to uh, the data from Consciousness and Contact. Which is, it's got some of the leading UFO researchers that don't just write a bunch of books about cattle mutilations. Uh-huh. So, what about the people who have had these horrific ET experiences where they report, like, almost like reptilian-like creatures abducting them in the night and just, like, the most horrific thing imaginable, and, and they... I I thought the the line was more like 50-50 of like people who had horrible encounters and people who had amazing encounters. Right. Right. No, what it is is that the horrible encounters get the loudest voice and I think some of that probably does happen. I mean, you know, maybe maybe there are rogue ET flying around harvesting our adrenochrome or something. But that is minuscule if that is happening. Okay? From my experience, it's led me to believe that Earth is actually under a bit of a quarantine, a protective quarantine, not just so that we don't go out and start blowing shit up, but also so that beings who aren't fully, you know, certified and authorized and trained to be working with us aren't interacting with us. But that's just conjecture on my part. What we do know is that there's a phenomenon called my labs, which is military abductions. There's also going to be not necessarily military, um, but like corporate abductions. And we have people who, whistleblowers, who've come forth. It used to be before all that Blue Beam stuff, they just pick some funny looking people, even funnier looking than me, and they dress them up in Hollywood makeup as ET. They go abduct people. Um, there's people on record admitting that they fund these programs. Uh, there's detectives that have come out and said there's no way this was anything but human with the cattle mutilations and that's where you know Miley Cyrus doing CE5 for whatever reason that's the least of my words when people start harvesting the anus core out of cows to make you think that it's evil aliens that that kind of is a problem yeah okay so uh, there's two things I want to get out there so are you saying that potentially this 
this whole alien demonization has been a military operation to paint the minds of the public and especially the Christians as these entities as demonic or um, bringing harm. And then also all these alien movies, I mean, you have Signs, you have uh, Independence Day, all these ones where the aliens are coming to fuck us up. So this is uh, a larger agenda to paint these entities as coming to do us harm. A lot of it just has to do with people's pre-existing beliefs. I mean, this is very disruptive. It's, it's why cargo, cargo cult is a real concern, which for anybody out there listening who doesn't know, cargo cult would be like if you flew over a tribe in the Amazon that had never had contact with civilization outside of its tribe, and then some technology, flashlights, forks, and dildos fall off your plane, well, all of a sudden, they start worshiping this as like, you know, the artifacts of the gods. Mm. And you're just people who live across the pond. All right? I don't know why you have all that stuff on your plane, but just for example. <laughs> it's a party. Yeah, party <laughs> plane. And uh, I don't, I really am not comfortable characterizing it as the military doing it. Yeah. Because, uh, but it's, it wouldn't take much for somebody with money and power to dress up a, a, a unit of, of troops uh, as military people, right? Mm-hmm. And to, to, to pin it on the military. Black helicopters, black silent helicopters, black fatigues. Yeah, you're going to think it's military. It could be your GE guys because those are the ones with the motive to keep the kibosh on this stuff to request your, that's the right word, the technology, hide it from the public. Invention secrecy still going strong, man. So yeah, I think that's a big element, but I get back to the Maharishi effect and that consciousness shift. The same thing that happens in quantum physics. So these people who traditionally, you know, let me back up. A lot of the QAnon loyalists really honestly believe we might see these elites paraded through the streets and arrested. I think a practical look, if you're involved with any kind of revolution, is working from within the system and seeing today's adversaries become tomorrow's allies. Explain. Can you go further on that? Rather than you know, hang somebody because you think they've committed an egregious crime, uh, just through the power of meditation and non-local consciousness, have a shift in that person's mind where they can go on and wake up the next day and be a different person. And really, see, because the this is what Saul Alinsky said. The illusion of this world is that there's duality, but the even bigger illusion is thinking the duality doesn't come into effect. So ultimately, one of those love and light messages we get from the ET visitors is this non-duality. And this is what, what Ra talks about, hate it or love it. He says, there's no good, there's no bad, because it's all created by the same infinite, one infinite creator. So you have your service to self and you have your service to others. And I just hope that people who have had a lot of skin in the game with the cover-up and have been service to self will shift to service to others. Does that explain it? Yes, it does. But... 
you start getting into some some furry ways of thinking when you say there's no good, there's no bad. So when you blur yeah. the lines between between good and bad or objective and subjective, then that's when people you, you start getting to the Aleister Crowley way of thinking, do as thou will. And oh, yeah. yeah, so that's when that's when things start getting furry and you start getting into that Luciferian way of thinking like we talked about earlier. And uh, again, you know, there's there's different ways you can come up, come at that. Um, is it all bad? Is it is, is it so bad? If my mom was listening to this right now, she'd have a fucking heart attack. <laughs> but, do, the, do the ends justify the means? Yeah, but you you have that way of thinking of do as thou wilt when you say there is no good, there is no bad. You know, at, at the end of it, like, so people could take away from that message that, oh, yeah, you know, I can do whatever I want. There's going to be no repercussions at the end of it. You know, it's all just... It's all just whatever. I mean, it's all just a singular consciousness that I'm going to be absorbed back into. Um, but sure. yeah, and let me know how that works out for you people out there. <laughs> yeah. So I'm I'm just trying to grapple with that idea right now. Um, I don't know what to tell you, man. Because if you go out and you murder three babies, I'm gonna say that's pretty evil, pretty bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so so what were you what were you getting at when you're saying there is no good there is no bad were you just describing the Saul Alinsky uh, argument I'm, I'm, what I'm getting at is that the battlefield is changing and the players involved in the cover up and with the propaganda and disinformation about aliens being evil they, those people may actually have a mind shift towards Christ consciousness just because, like you were saying with the human resonance going up when people would meditate, everything is alive. Everything is folded in on each other. Like You and I are really part of that same ocean of consciousness. So I could be your arch nemesis, but when enough people are meditating and working with consciousness, it will affect me. Yes. Even if I don't want it to. So it's like the, the QAnon people say, we don't believe in violence. We believe in combating bad ideas with better ideas. This whole CE5 disclosure thing, it's really a battle of the hearts and minds. Well, I mean, but the QAnon people want to hang all of these people. They want Obama Han. They want Hillary Han. They want Tom Hanks Han. I mean, in most cases, they say that they already are and that the projections of them on TV are just holograms. I mean, the, the the QAnon movement, in my opinion, I have some strong, strong opinions on the QAnon movement, but they've gone so far afield of of reality at this point that I, I just don't know where where they are. And now, I, I listen to Red Pill 78 because I like him. I like him as a guy. I think he's a really good guy. I just think the Q thing, is he's been misdirected. But, you know, I was listening to one of his live streams and he's like, guys, the government will not be taken over by these communists. He's like, if Joe Biden is uh, is inaugurated as president, the military will come in and then uh, take him out. I'm just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm like, so are you advocating for a military coup right now? I'm just like, dude, that is – first off, Q was saying that Trump was going to win the presidency hands down. And now you're saying that, oh, if Biden gets inaugurated, it's just going to be a military coup? I'm just like, pump the brakes, dog. 
But I, I'm going off on a tangent. No, this is this is great because QAnon doesn't have a hope of getting a really true message out to the people in a form where everybody can accept it because the the, the it's an uphill battle from the moment they stovepipe whatever their narrative is through QAnon and then it goes to a chan or a coon and then it goes to Twitter and social media and whether it's because somebody is not exercising critical thinking and they think they are or it's because there's a foreign or domestic influence operation going on purposely distorting the message so it makes me wonder what was the real intent for QAnon because at the end of the day I think there's probably a quantifiable amount of the population that just needs something I want to call it escapism but needs something to direct their energy and they need something to believe in and maybe this was more about less about abject truth and more about just getting light a fire under people's asses I, I don't know I don't think anybody really knows what the end game for QAnon is well I think Freeman Fly has some he put out a podcast you know uh, he usually has guests on but I guess against a guest canceled on him last minute so he made like a Thanksgiving podcast and he was like he's a Trump guy which I'm not and I mean, I could go on all day about my reasons, but he was saying, he's like, all of this right now, why everything is so obvious is they need the destruction of the old to bring in the new for the great reset. So they want us to flood the streets, burn down the buildings and the, and the cities and everything like that. So they can usher in the technopoly and the technocracy and everything like that. So with QAnon, it's just another thing of there there has been a great awakening and there's also going to be a great reset it's all it's all a part of the plan and a lot of these people when they come out and say the elites are stupid they're dumb dude no they're not they're not at all and when when you're talking about contacting entities and they have advanced knowledge beyond us you don't think the elites are contacting dark entities that have similar that have similar knowledge to the light entities but they're using it to steer certain purposes in the wrong direction. That's exactly what's going on. Well, have you heard Alex Jones, and he can get away with it because he sounds so ridiculous saying it, but he says, I'm not saying this is what I believe. I'm just telling you what the elites believe is they're offloading technology from interdimensional entities. Yes. And, dude, people give Alex Jones a lot of shit, but I will say he has put out more truth than a lot of other people have been lately. And I, I know all of the faults of Alex Jones and a lot of the propaganda messages that he's pushed. And he's trying, he's feeding into the whole thing. He's like, the answer to 1984 or 1776. That is not the answer. That's exactly what they want us to do, is to tear the whole thing down. So, uh, but he, he's putting out more truth than a lot of other people with the interdimensional thing and... Uh, the whole that this is a complete hoax and every, all the other stuff that he's talking about. But yes, the elites are contacting interdimensional entities and Saul Linsky and all of these other guys. And who was the other guy um, that founded NASA with... Um, oh, yeah. The, what's his name? I have, yeah. this, I have this whole fucking spiel that I could get into. Let me see if I can find his hey, name. So let, me, let me ask you then. Was Noah... From the Bible, was he offloading technology from interdimensional entities when he built that ark? Um, 
I mean, yeah, it's, it stands to reason. So is he a Luciferian? Probably. I mean, I think that <laughs> I think that the Bible was written by Masons, and there's evidence to show that Francis Bacon, 33rd degree Freemason, had a huge heavy hand in writing the Bible. And a lot of people think that Francis Bacon was actually Shakespeare. And why does the Bible, why is the Bible so Shakespearean? Because that's what I think too. Exactly. So Francis Bacon had a heavy hand in that. A lot of people think he was Shakespeare, and you know he had a lot of Freemasonic influence and stuff like that. So um, I'm a big numerology guy and gematria guy. When you start going into the Bible with gematria and um, looking into all of the numbers and the symbolism. And the numerology and everything. I mean, it's all so Freemasonic. And Jesus Christ equals 74 in Gematria. Messiah equals 74. Lucifer equals 74. Gospel parables, the all equal 74. 74, a huge Masonic number. What is, because it's 11, right? 7 plus 4 equals 11? Yeah. I'm guessing that's why. So what is your, uh, what's your life path number? Uh, I don't know. Okay, have you ever done a, a reduction on your name to see, like, your first, middle, last name, what the numbers are? Well, I know that, um, I think it was, I think it was 72 in, if, when I looked up my name in Dramatria, Ryan P. Manitti equals 72, and, you know, I will run into the number 72, um, more often than other numbers, but maybe that's because I'm looking for it. Or it's because you live in a conscious quantum holographic universe. I probably when I just had Crow Triple Seven on and he was describing the lunar wave. When you look at the moon, it looks like two tidal waves, right? So there will be a tidal wave for one and then another tidal wave right behind it. And he said that not only happens on the moon, it also happens with Saturn and Jupiter and all the other fucking planets. So when you zoom in on these planets with a kick-ass camera and telescope and you just look at it you will see these lunar waves or saturn waves you'll see waves go across these planets how else do you describe that other than simulation theory because i i don't know how you can describe these wave type things and it's not a wave across the whole screen it's not a camera glitch he had he had several like PhD fucking camera guys, you know, out the wazoo on his podcast to talk about could have been a malfunction of the camera. They say absolutely not because the wave is only on the surface of the moon. It's not across the entire screen. It's only on the moon. Yeah. So when I see something like that, it's like, how can you describe this as anything other than simulation theory? have any other installations that are bigger and more secret than that um well it's it's hard to know i mean you look at the large hydron collider and all of the rituals that they did you know for the christening of that thing when they were opening that thing it was all of these masonic rituals and everything like that so what's actually going on there? I mean, something dark. I mean, for sure. But then, you know, you have that whole way of thinking that the world did end in 2012 and we've been living in a simulation ever since. 
Um, I don't really get into all of that, but I think it's interesting. What I also something else that I think is interesting is how um, the Gregorian calendar, which we work off of, the Mayan calendar ended in 2012. But if you go off the Julian calendar, which is what they actually used back then, it ends December 21st of 2020. And oh. I had Crow Triple Seven on, who said December 21st, 2020 is is a huge day for occultists because of it's the end of an equinox, it's the end of an era. And he asked me a question. He's like, "Would you say that the world coming into 2020 is the is the same world leaving 2020?" I'm like, "Absolutely not." He's like, "Exactly." This has been a huge transition period, and December 21st, he's not he's not making any predictions that anything's going to happen on that particular day, but he's saying it's the end of an era, and that's the official end of an era, so everything after that is going to be the dawn of a new age. Age of Aquarius, right? The Age of Aquarius. But knowledge, enlightenment, while I seek it in almost everything that I do, is not always the best. I mean, the age old saying is you can't handle the truth. You know, these people like Aleister Crowley, they go out to the fucking Himalayan mountains and practice, practice ritual sex magic and blood magic and, and sacrifice rituals and all of these things for, for like years on end. The things that you must encounter are horrifying, demonic, terrible. And when I hear of the thing, when I hear of the old adage, you can't handle the truth, it's like, am I willing to do, you know, some sacrificial ritual magic um, to encounter these entities that could give me gnosis? I'm like, no. <laughs> I mean, I'll read about it. I'll read the books. I'll read the Freemasonic texts. I'll read the Aleister Crowley um, uh, writings and, and notes and stuff like that, but... I'm not going to do it for myself. Hey, can you still see me? I've lost the video screen. Yeah, I, I can I can see your image, but it's paused. Okay. That's I don't I don't know why. Um so there was two things. I can only remember one. Oh, I want to tell you my Rockefeller story. Have I told you about meeting David Rockefeller? No. All right, so this motherfucker comes over to my house trying to use me. In a ritual, like I'm not making this shit up. Wait, wait, wait! You did mention this in one of the DPP after parties. I'm pretty sure. It's but favorite. but go on, go on. This is this is interesting. <laughs> because you mentioned these what we think of as elites contacting darker spirits, and I've, some of them believe that they actually reincarnate into the same bloodlines. Um, and that's kind of a that's not exactly a phenomenon to the elites there's a lot of people who feel that way but anyway so i'd always wanted to try dmt because it's embedded in the melatonin molecule it's 15 the most powerful psychedelic ever and what really fascinated me is the government studies there was some in the 40s and the 50s i think maybe i'm a decade off but different studies in two different decades and the by, sponsored by the government and the subjects are coming back to the researchers and they're saying, oh my God, we've encountered these people and they're telling us, we're so glad you've discovered this technology because now you can communicate with us more. So 
again with the just kind of things a little scientifically I said what the fuck is that about I want to try some DMT so I can go over there and see what's up with these people these interdimensional beings well it just it never happened and I was revisiting the studies and I dropped this guy off I'm driving Uber at the time in Atlanta still and he says bro he goes inside he comes back with this little like oily pasty thing he says it's DMT so I do it in a controlled manner you know very I didn't have in your car on. driving Uber <laughs> well just once but, <laughs> but mainly you know it's just very precise so I could try and keep my wits about me mm-hmm. and I meet I think his name is Vishnu he's one of the blue guys from Hinduism and he sticks his finger right mind's eye chakra and starts drawing it was an eight or an infinity which you're a numerology guy, so eight, I hear, is breaking the veil between the physical and the dimensions. So anyways, I'm experiencing the pure love of God, source, creator of all, right? It's good. It's it's like more powerful than a mother's love. Well, Vishnu disappears, and all of a sudden, the room, I'm in my bedroom, man, and it goes black, and this guy in a robe, and it's just like red energy is emanating from him, and he's just floating up to me, and I can tell this guy wants to suck my energy. Not me. <laughs> and he gets face to face with me and it's fuck fella. So I take all this love of God that I just experienced and I project it onto him. And for a split second, he gets a look of just pure fear and then he evaporates. Okay, so that was a little fucking weird. Gets weirder. This was in March a couple years ago. Come to find out, he had died the day before. What? So, I, yeah, I definitely believe that there's some dark entities out there. And we've had, every now and then we get these ex-intelligent people who come through the group as civilians, and I always scare them off. They just, oh, they've, I wish I could print off all the names that they've called me and just paint it on my wall. But this, this last one I scared off, I was telling her the Rockefeller story, and she's like, you know, because some of these people, they have access to satellites that can see this kind of shit. They can see your aura. They can see when you got holes in your aura. They can see when there are attachments stuck on you with that's the kind of technology we got flying around in the skies so anyways you're a numbers guy my name reduces my first middle and last name reduced to 666 oh my this god this lady just told me that I was marked by evil so between that or David Rockefeller I think maybe it's a sign why he chose you for that particular ritual yeah I don't know, but the, when I figured out the 666 in my name, I was like, oh, God, I can't escape it now. <laughs>